Hello, I am Sarah Frazier, and welcome to the Houston Mayoral Symposium. I am here with Dr. Laura Murillo from the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and mayoral candidate, Tony Busby. Dr. Laura? Well, thank you, Sarah, of course, for the partnership with Intercom, and thank you for joining us today. As you know, both Intercom and the Chamber of Commerce, we are partners. We don't endorse candidates. Our job is to just provide information and insight to those who are running for different positions. In this case, to lead our city, right? <laughs> and so, Mr. Buzz, we're going to start off very quickly uh, okay. just to say thank you and welcome and give you an opportunity to just, you know, say a few comments before we well, get into a few questions. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You, you guys are uh, just a breath of fresh air. Well, we're a dynamic <laughs> duo here, <laughs> we Sarah are. and I. And, we're a good team. Um, and 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 I, I guess what I would say is that we are on a precipice. I mean, we are at a crossroads in the city of Houston. Are we going to go in one direction or we're going to go, what I believe, if I'm the mayor, a positive direction? We have a lot of problems. And we're going to try to be positive about them. Uh, you know, I think everybody knows who the current mayor is and they know who I am. And now the question is, who has the solutions to lead the city forward? And I think that's some of the things we're going to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's start with that. I think for a lot of people, we're, we're thinking about the budget challenges. Yeah. You've had a lot of conversations. What's going to be different if you are elected mayor? Well, first off, when, when, when I become the mayor, we are going to every department head is going to have to resign and reapply. And each department head must commit to zero-based budgeting, not talking about it for four years like the current uh, mayor has talked about it, but actually zero-based budgeting, which basically means tell us what, you're, what you must accomplish and how much it will cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way we do it now is called incremental budgeting, which is basically right. there's, you know, inflation goes 3.5% um, every budget cycle, and then uh, every department head wants 3.5% more money. Right. And what we have to do is make sure that we're spending our monies wisely, that we're eliminating the waste, that we're making sure that we're spending taxpayers' money money in a responsible way. Because I think that's what people, I mean, you know, we all pay taxes, Mm -hmm. and we all, you know, it hurts every year to pay the taxes. But as long as those taxes are being spent in a wise and efficient way, I think we're, we're willing to pay those. I don't think that's what's happening in the city of Houston. So the first thing we're going to do is eliminate the waste, Mm -hmm. zero-based budgeting, and have department heads that commit 100% to that model, and that's what we're going to do. Do you specifically have some areas that you've identified in that budget that you think are wasteful? There are. I I could go. I've been talking about it for a long time, and Mm -hmm. I'll just give you a few examples. We spend half a million dollars a year on holiday lights. Uh, We have a homework help hotline for a million dollars a year. We spend $3 million dollars for bans in the airport. Uh, we spent $15.3 million on art at City Hall. Uh, all these things sound good, mm-hmm. uh, but when you can't pay your firefighters fairly, you, you can't be spending money on art. I mean, that's just, it's kind of like, um, you know, paying for landscaping on your home, but you can't pay your mortgage. We have to get our priorities together and get our priorities right, and that's what we're going to do. Okay. Sarah? So during Hurricane Harvey, many of us here at the station lived up here. We slept here. We were here for four days um, doing nonstop coverage on taking care of the community. One of the most heartbreaking things that I've ever done in my life is evacuating people out of areas that were about to be flooded. I don't think I'll ever forget that. We have to do something about the flooding situation. Agreed. What uh, do you propose to to help us that is, if, were you to become mayor? That is a really good question, and thank you guys, uh, or thank you for and the station for your public service. Um, and there were a lot of people. People talk about the Cajun Navy 
mm-hmm. uh, that came in to help. But yeah. the truth, if the truth were known, Houstonians helped Houstonians. Yes. Um, Crowdsource Rescue and some other groups uh, rescued people. Uh, they developed software to help uh, people that were willing to help and connect those with people that needed help. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing about Houston is there is a can-do volunteer nuts and bolts uh, uh attitude here in the city of Houston. I mean, we have some really incredible people. We do. Here's the problem we have with flooding. Flooding is branding us nationally. Uh, There are people that I've spoken to, because I've knocked on, uh, I've met probably 25 to 30,000 people over the last year. Uh, And there are people that have flooded twice now since Harvey, people in Kingwood, as an example, Mm -hmm. who are thinking about leaving Houston. And they've had enough. Because there has not been a comprehensive, methodical, aggressive plan put in place so people know that, look, we're doing something. We're going to address this problem. We will. I have a very detailed and comprehensive plan that, that, that I've written myself with, with a lot of help of people that are experts in this, in this area. And we need to make sure that we broadcast that. We need to make sure that people that are considering Houston know that, mm-hmm. hey, we're not the city that floods every time there's a heavy rain. We are going to do something about it, and we're starting now. A few examples. Uh, We have a drainage fee um, that we all pay. That fee has been diverted to pay for a lot of other things in the general fund, just basic um, services that that the city provides. We're going to make sure that that drainage fee is no longer diverted, that we do drainage projects. And there's a lot of low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I mean there's we know what areas in the city of Houston flood when there's a heavy rain. We right. can address those areas. You know, not every not every rain is going to be a Harvey. Not everyone's going to be an Imelda. So there's 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 rain events that that we can deal with this flooding issue if we do it methodically, comprehensively, and aggressively. And that's what people need to know. People that are considering locating here and people that live here because I'm very concerned. There's two there's two threats that we have and I know the chamber uh talks about this sometimes. Uh, two threats that we have for the growth of Houston, the continued viability of the city of Houston, Texas. Number one is flooding. Mm-hmm. We have got to address it. And I would respectfully suggest that not only have we not helped people from Harvey uh, that were damaged from Harvey, where 15 people have been helped in 27 months, that's a failure. But also the state has taken away our, har- our uh, flood mitigation funds going forward. Mm-hmm. We got to get those funds back here in the city mm-hmm. of Houston and start doing drainage projects. But number two is HISD, and I'm, I'm assuming we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Yes. But we have got we have got to do something to help HISD, and I understand that HISD is its own autonomous uh, entity. It has its own governing body. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's right that the state has not only taken away our Harvey our uh, hurricane mitigation funds going forward but has also taken over our school system. We've got a big problem here. Those are the two threats for the viability of Houston. And when I'm the mayor, we're going to do a lot better. I think a lot of this ties into the 2020 census, right? Making sure that we get our share here in Houston, our share of federal funds. So there's a lot of concern that these hard-to-reach communities will be even harder to reach as a result of Harvey, Mm -hmm. as a result of people who have been displaced, language, national rhetoric that has scared away a lot of people in our community who may be afraid to share information. What will you do as mayor to make sure that as many people 
that can be counted in Houston will be counted. I hope I have a lot of credibility in this regard. I mean, I've spent the last 25 years representing people that have been discriminated against, cheated, wronged, hurt, etc. That's what I've spent my career doing. Uh, I look at it from this perspective. I believe Houston is the third largest city in the country. I believe, I believe that we've surpassed Chicago. I hope we have. I mean, I see it as a, a, a point of pride. Absolutely. That we are, that we're going to be the third largest city in the country. I don't want anybody that lives in our city to live in fear. I don't want anybody to live, if you will, in the shadows. I want everybody to be proud to reside and live here. So everybody has to be counted. Now, some people look at it from a position of, well, we get more federal benefits, we get this and that. I don't even look at it from that percent, that point of view. I look at it that everybody should be counted and we should be the third largest city in the country. Um, and, and as we're talking about that, I want to say a few other things. Why is it when we talk about the great cities of Texas that Houston never enters that conversation. It never does. Never it's does. It's always we Dallas. We talk about fly. Dallas. I blame it on the TV show. Dallas, <laughs> Austin, San, San Antonio. Antonio. What about Houston? Right. Why yeah. is it when they talk about the great cities of the United States, they never mention Houston? And we all they know, because we live here, we know what we have to offer. Right. Mm-hmm. The restaurants, the diversity, the arts, the, the medical, medical center, center, the, the port, the port. I NASA. Mean, it, I mean, on and on and on. Mm-hmm. We Hispanic know, Chamber of Commerce. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> um, and we talk about celebrating diversity, mm-hmm. but the truth is the city of Houston doesn't really celebrate diversity the way I would celebrate it. Well, how would you celebrate yeah. it? Tell you tell what I'm, let me tell you what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. When you look at Houston first and their commercial that they, they put out, mm-hmm. they have, I mean, I love Jose Altuve. He's an awesome baseball player. I love J.J. Watt. But people are from New Mexico or Albuquerque or Oklahoma, they're not going to come here for that. But if you pr- promoted Houston in this way, look, you don't have enough money to go to Vietnam, come to Houston. You can go to Vietnam. You don't have enough money to go to Mexico, come to Houston. You can go to Mexico. You can you can experience the culture. You can experience the food. You don't have enough money to go to India, come to Houston. You can go to India. That's the way we should be promoting. We 145 languages are spoken in this mm-hmm. city. Think about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. More than New York City. 145 languages. So if you don't have, you know, if you live in, let's say, you, you, you know, you're a middle class individual that lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and you want to visit Vietnam or India or Mexico mm-hmm. or, or El Salvador or whatever, come to Houston. Sure. It's all here. And that is the way we should be promoting the city of Houston. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way we're going to do it. But when I'm the mayor, we're going to do it that way. Well, you brought up a very interesting point. That is HISD, mm-hmm. TEA. It appears as if the ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. If you were to win, TEA has already, let's ag- agree that they will have already set up their new group of managers. What will you do as mayor to partner or to put back local control? Well, look, you know, whatever issue the governor had or the state of Texas had or TEA had with with the uh, school board has been resolved by the last election. I mean, that's resolved. The the people in the city of Houston or within the school district voted. And now we have a new school board. We don't need Austin taking over our school system, period. We don't. And the, the good news is. I have a relationship with Greg Abbott. I have a relationship. I can talk to him and say, look, 
we don't need this. You know, the problem that the current mayor has is he can't talk to, I mean, he's he's crossways with everybody. That's why they took away the, the uh, uh, hurricane mitigation funds going forward. That's partly why they took over or they're trying to take over HISD. So my view is we can solve local problems locally, and uh, and we have to, because the whole future of Houston depends on HISD being successful. And let let's let's make sure we understand, uh, at least from my point of view. I've, I've been studying education uh, for a long, long time. It's something extremely important to me, uh, for the business community, for the viability of our city. I mean, we can go on and on. When pe- yes. companies locating here. Uh, one of the things they look at is, you know, a, a workforce, uh, that an educated workforce. So we we know the stats. You know, if a child cannot read by the time the child is five, by the time the child enters kindergarten, the chances that child's success are not good. If the child cannot read by the time the child is uh, in the second grade, the chances are almost zero that child is successful. Right. So we know what we need to do. We have the people that care. We have, we have an incredible. Uh, Houston is one of the most charitable cities in the country. I'm a person that can go out to the Cullen Foundations, the Moody Foundation, the Kinder Foundation, the uh, and and help provide the resources that our school system needs to be successful because that makes the city of Houston successful. We cannot allow schools to fail. No, we can't. And you're right that. That education, the learning to read and then reading to learn, that turn that they take at second grade is one of the most important it's things. Key. And we've we've got to figure that out or we'll be yeah. in crisis. And here. we know and we know what the answer is. We just got to do. do it. We yes. have to less talk, more action. Agreed. So one of the other things that people talk about when they talk about Houston, well, they talk about the heat, of course, <laughs> of course. Right? but they also talk about the traffic. Yeah. So as a radio broadcaster. I, I kind of like the traffic. I like people stuck in their cars <laughs> listening get, to one of our radio airtime, stations. Right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy with that. But it, it is um, the number one concern, according to the Kinder Institute. I agree with you. But when I look at a ranker of travel times across the United States, we don't even rank in the top 10. So are we just being uh, overdramatic as Houstonians or do we really have a traffic problem here? I believe we do have a traffic problem. Okay. So what would you do about and that? Let me, let me talk about uh, globally or philosophically and then talk about like mechanics, specifics. Okay. Um, you know, here's what's happening in Houston. We always talk about how Houston is growing, mm-hmm. uh, but the city of Houston proper is not really growing. The Houston area is growing like, like hotcakes. Uh, Katy, Friendswood, right. Dickinson, outlying areas, uh, outlying areas are growing, mm-hmm. and so what we're doing is, is, is these outlying areas are growing, and we're spending billions of dollars uh, on freeways, like for instance the 45 expansion, for people to come into Houston to work and then leave Houston, mm-hmm. and then there's areas like Third Ward, Fifth Ward, Sunnyside. Uh, I mean, we can go on and on. Right, places that are what I would say dying on the vine, that that are not growing and the city of Houston proper is not growing. We need to focus philosophically and on a macro scale to make the city of Houston livable so people want to move into Houston, mm-hmm. whether we're talking about flooding, crime, HISD, and all the other things that, that are holding us back. But specifically with regard to traffic, you know, when they did the um, Pierce Elevated, I don't know if y'all remember when they did mm-hmm. that. They did that on a, a 24-7 is what mm-hmm. they called it, and they gave the contractors' incentives to finish mm-hmm. those projects. We need to do every project like that. In New York City, they when they do a, a street project, they do it 24 hours, or they do it just at night. Notice when in Houston, these contractors are working 7 to 7, 
and they're working during the heaviest traffic parts of the day Mm -hmm. and then not working at night. We're going to change that. We're going to do it smart and offer incentives to end um, these construction projects and to and to phase these construction projects such that, you know, how many times have you been driving around Houston where you see cones blocking blocking a lane, but nobody's actually working Richmond every night? Yeah, we're going to change that. And then secondly, you know, somebody told me the other day, well, Tony, you know, Bill White, uh, several election cycles ago, one of his big things was when he was the mayor, let's get Houston moving. And his Mm -hmm. entire campaign was let's synchronize the traffic lights. Mm -hmm. They're still not synchronized there. The the technology exists now. It's called adaptive traffic lights that that will continue to be synchronized. Uh, we're going to synchronize the traffic lights on Memorial, on Richmond, on West mm-hmm. Alabama, uh, 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 on Westheimer, uh, downtown, all the major arteries in and out of the city of Houston that will make a huge difference in the way traffic flows. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do a whole lot about TxDOT and the way they do their projects, but I can absolutely do a lot about how uh, uh, street projects are done within the city of Houston and make sure that they're done in a way that doesn't impede traffic flow. Uh-huh. And then we could talk about, um, if you want to, uh, Metro and Metro Next, which was just passed by 58% of the right. voters. Uh, you know, I, I was I voted against Metro Next, and I'll tell you why I did. I voted against it because it was more light rail that has uh, a very low ridership, $3.5 billion. But when I'm the mayor, I'm, we are going to make Metro uh, riding, Metro, whether it be a bus or the train, free. Uh, we already subsidize um, we do. every rider. So why don't we just make it free and encourage people to use our public transportation? Uh, right now, I don't really believe that we have enough traffic or enough population density to support uh, light rail. But the voters voted for it, so let's at least encourage people to use it. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, the elephant in the room, firefighters yep. and where those sources of revenue are going to come from to take care of the firefighters and mm-hmm. this sense of, in Houston, this uh, lack of unity. I mean, this has hurt all of us. I right. think we it's would divisive. agree. It Agreed. has really created a division among our city. Mm-hmm. That our city's not and used we, to. And we, we understand that. that your position is, well, we're going to pay them. The question is, what will you do as mayor to unify the city? Because there are definitely two camps, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting to me. You know, I've always, I've represented unions in the past. I represented the ILA uh, in in the uh, Port of Houston expansion. There was a big litigation there. And I was I actually, ILA, uh, International Longshores Association, was my client. I've represented union workers uh, pretty much my whole career. Uh, my father was a union meat cutter. Um, and so I've always been a pro-union person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to me that the current mayor has challenged the entire underpinning of, of union membership in court. Like he's he's arguing that that the ability to unionize and collective bargaining is unconstitutional in the state constitution, uh, which is it's interesting, I guess, because there's some unions that have endorsed him, even though he's challenging the entire uh, ability of people to That's unionize. Uh, so I have been endorsed by the firefighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did an analysis uh, about four months ago to determine how much exactly would it cost the city of Houston to give the firefighters the raise that 298,000 people voted for. It's about $53 million. That's the That's That's what it is. 
And, and let's look at it from a practical point of view. We spend about $3 million on every cadet class uh, for uh, young men and women uh, who go th- and become firefighters. Uh, they get to their, f- their fire station, and we have uh, over 100 fire stations across the city of Houston, 664 square miles. Uh, they get to their fire stations, and they all of a sudden they realize that, you know what, I'm getting paid less than Dallas, San Antonio. I'm getting paid less than every major city in Texas and the United States. And they're getting, they're getting uh, poached by places like Memphis, uh, places like uh, places in New Mexico, because the, the average firefighter, when he or she gets out of the, the, the cadet class, is making about 40 grand. Um, and they're putting their lives on the line. Mm-hmm. So as a practical matter, we have to give our firefighters a raise just to, to retain them. So that's one issue. Secondly, 298,000 people voted for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. so that's the will of the voters. This mayor has, has, has went against the will of the voters almost as soon as Prop B was passed. Um, he hired a law firm to sue to overturn the vote, and they're still in court now, even now. Right. Uh, and his latest thing is, is he wants to privatize the EMS, which is going to dramatically change response times. I mean, right now, I mean, our professional firefight, we have the third largest firefighting um, corps in the country, uh, very well respected. Their response times are brilliant. Um, but if we privatize them, everything's going to change. Um, and then they want to go from, uh, the mayor has suggesting that we go from four shifts to three shifts, which is just going to buy another lawsuit because one of the reasons we went to four shifts is because minorities, African-Americans, Latinos, to give them more opportunities to have leadership positions in the fire department. I mean, that was litigated Mm -hmm. uh, 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. and the mayor wants to go backwards. So I guess to to answer your question directly, uh, we're going to implement Prop B. We're going to do it through a collective bargaining agreement. We're going to do it within the first 30 days of my administration. We're going to put it behind us. I'm going to take the the uh, the head of the fire union, the head of the police union. We're going to get together and we're going to say, let's put this behind us. The worst thing that can happen is public safety professionals bumping heads with each other or bumping heads with the city. We deserve better. The citizens um, expect better and we're going to do better. Thank you. So, um with the, with regard to the media, there was a ton of coverage of this race, and yet we had one of the lowest Tough. voter turnouts yeah. ever. What can we do to get more people to turn out for this election? You tell me. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. Um, you know, uh, I think more was spent on this election than has ever been spent in a, mm-hmm. in a Houston mayoral election. Uh, part of it, I think... It was there were so many choices. Sometimes right. people are overwhelmed by the amount of there were more than a hundred people running for council. Um, but I don't know the answer. Um, you know, I, obviously, I believe that the more people that vote, the better it is for me. I think a better chance I have of being successful. Uh, but I wish I knew the answer. If I if I did, I would I would probably be the best consultant mm-hmm. in the country. It's 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 very frustrating that as much you know. Uh, effort and energy and time that we spent over the last year. I took away a year from my business. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, my mom sometimes 
uh, is mad at me because I don't respond to her texts. You know, I don't see my, ch- I have four children. I don't see them as much as, as I would like because I've been engaged in this election. Right. And then, you know, we had a turnout of, uh, out of a city of 2.3 million, 240,000 voted. Right. Uh, to determine the future of our city, a city that I think we all love and care about. Mm-hmm. So I wish I knew the answer. I mean, all I can do is just keep on doing things like this. And, right. and uh, we, we're, we're probably going to knock on uh, 200,000 doors over the next 25 days. Uh, I just talked to uh, the, the young man who runs our, our phone banking. We have about 100 firefighters and volunteers at our headquarters as we speak, and he anticipates we'll make 300,000 calls over the next 25 days. Um, it's not going to be for the lack of trying, I can right. tell you that. Uh, but I, 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 there is a sense of uh, an apathy out there, or people are just going about, you know, I mean, you know, I grew up, my, my father was a butcher, as I said, and my mother drove the school bus. And, you know, I, I understand that people mostly are focused on making ends meet mm-hmm. and feeding their kids and uh, you know going about their daily lives, but I really believe that that uh, the city of Houston is is at a crossroads, as I've said, and I surely hope people will vote. Well, that's why we both uh, at the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and at Intercom have really continue and will continue to uh, talk to folks about the importance of registering, getting out to vote, becoming engaged. Make right. your decision, but just get engaged. And, and we can't be the third or fourth largest city with these kinds of numbers. No, and uh, we all have to do our part. And right. that's why we appreciate you being here with us to no, uh, have this podcast to share with our audience and yes. listeners. You know, uh, all of our stations combined, we reach over 2 million people a week. So hopefully with this podcast, some people can take the time that maybe they didn't have before because we are all are very busy these yeah. days. So maybe this will give people more of an insight. But I think people, they want to know about your policy, but mm-hmm. they also want to know about you as a human being. So can are you going to hit a, me with those questions? I'm going <laughs> to do a, a little part. Proust questionnaire okay. with you, okay? That's one of my favorite things. Okay. All right, so this is just first thing that comes to your mind. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready? Yeah. Your chief characteristic. Um, I'm, I'm incredibly, I just... In my family, we have this rule, Busby's don't quit. So tenacious. Tenacious. Yeah. Your favorite qualities in friends? Loyalty. Your biggest flaw? Um, Oh, goodness. I got so many. (laughs) (laughs) I get my feelings hurt too easy, I think. (laughs) Your idea of happiness? Oh, cooking for my children. What's your favorite thing to cook? Uh, I love La Michoacana. Mm. Uh, their their marinated uh, chicken or their marinated beef is one of my clients. Rafael Ortega is one of my friends. They have the best food in the city that it's like nobody knows about. Your favorite hero of fiction, uh, Atticus Finch. Your you know fa- what I'm talking about? I do. To okay. Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Your favorite hero in real life? Oh goodness gracious, Teddy Roosevelt. That's a good one. What is your present state of mind? You guys make me feel relaxed. Yay, that's good. <laughs> and your favorite motto? Busby's don't Busby's quit. Don't quit. I knew you were going to say that. Or uh, we all we have like three rules. Busby's yeah. don't quit. Busby's are kind to animals. There you go. Well, that's a great so, way to yeah. end uh, this interview. Yes. Thank you for <laughs> thank your time. You. We wish thank you, you so much. all the best. And thank you again for you joining awesome. us here thank at the Hispanic you. Chamber of Commerce with Intercom. And uh, to everyone who's watching, you know, get out there. Let's vote. Vote. Let's make a difference. Vote.